my idea is uh, taking your favorite pop songs from when you were growing up and so like just think about whatever your favorite pop song was uh, when you were growing up and the magic of technology my device would take that song and make it sound as if it was being performed by Weezer instead because if there's anything that our world needs more than anything probably even more than a gear for global warming is more Weezer cover songs uh, so like female pop R&B songs like No Scrubs for instance uh, no problem don't worry about like gender specific pronouns we would just make it sound as if Rivers Cuomo was speaking from the female's perspective anyway and you know he just wants you to know that like the scrub is the guy that he would it would get no love from Rivers Cuomo either he would be able to sing that I think with some real authority and don't worry it's going to sound like any other you know normal cover song where you like instantly know that it's basically like the song that you used to remember but sure enough sounds like Foo Fighters and I, don't, I can't place it no, like many of, uh, of Weezer's other cover songs, these would be songs that where you wouldn't be able to tell the difference, you know, for the first few bars. It would be like, you know, for a little while you almost thought it was the original song until the vocals come in, and then you're like, wait a second, that sounded a lot like the guy that was singing the sweater song when I thought it was going to be something, you know, by the Turtles. Because it is. It's actually Rivers Cuomo singing all of your favorite pop songs. We're just going to get him to sing every single song that's ever been recorded, but just to knock them all out. Um, so I like the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And the, oh, pre- the premise of that is that they are these musicians who are so good that they just put everybody in ecstasy and like lead to world peace through exactly. shared love of music. So for you, uh, Bill and Ted are the band Weezer. Oh, absolutely. I definitely would say that if there is any band on the planet right now that is capable of bringing world peace and harmony, it would be uh, Rivers Cuomo and the Boys and Weezer. <laughs> That's a great analogy, in fact. Cool. I, I, I like Weezer. I wouldn't say I'm a big, as big of a fan as you clearly are. Um. So, so will I get a cover of Weezer uh, playing R.E.M.'s classic, It's the End of the World as We Know It, and I feel fine? You know, I think even Weezer would probably be able to take that song and put a positive spin on it. I mean, coming from, you know, the truly happy pop sound that is Weezer, yeah, I'm pretty sure they could make any song sound peppy. I think they could probably cover Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> R.E.M.'s It's the End of the World is already peppy. I think, it has a positive spin because they feel fine. Yeah, I think you need to focus on that part, Brent, the I feel fine part. I think that's the real message. Even in the face of everything that's going on in the world today, here we have a band that takes all of your favorite pop songs and releases an entire album worth of songs, and then two months later they'll be releasing an entire new album and they can do it in a way that nobody else can, just smiling into the face of whatever tragedy may come. <laughs> like if they did a cover of the complete album from 1990, they might be giant seminal classics, Flood. Um, I, w- I would love to see what they I- would do with it. Actually, this all sort of stems from this idea that I was having. I mean, this really started when Weezer covered Africa by Toto over the summer. And that was like a giant hit. And it always struck me as just 
cosmically unfair for the band Toto that, I mean, Toto only really had two songs. They had uh, Africa and they had Rosanna. And after that, it dropped off pretty quick. And here, Weezer took one of their two songs and just made it into a bigger hit than really Toto really ever had. And, I mean, Weezer's, <laughs> they've been an established band that's been touring and releasing new music for the better part of a quarter of a century. And, you know, they're just taking this lowly band, Toto, and they're just taking one of their big pop songs uh, and just claiming it as their own. It would be like if John Mulaney came and watched one of my shows, took the only joke I have that works, and said, you know what, I'm going to do that. Thanks, Greg. And then he would just left. And then I'm like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> I wonder how much Toto made, if they made any money, if they had the rights of the song. I would be fascinated to know because actually, you know, their version of the song has, you know, of course, found like a rebirth. Um, I've, I've probably heard that song hundreds of times in the last eight months, ten months, however long it's been. Yeah, it, it is weird how like certain songs and certain, even like child cartoons or certain things, all of a sudden they're back in the culture with a force, like nostalgia force behind them. It is a, it's a sweet part of nostalgia that feels less sad than a lot of nostalgia does. <laughs> it's just, you find those little tiny things that brought you so much joy, or just a little bit of joy in the old days, and they often come, come around like what you're saying. I wish, uh, I don't know, do you have any other ideas, any other things like that that have sort of come back? Just, oh, I, I would say the painter guy with the hair, Bob Ross. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, that guy is dead, and he's more popular than he's ever been. Yeah. I think that, that part of that <laughs> is social media, too. Like, that's an effect, a new thing because of social media is, like, a nostalgia that's sort of synced up in culture with by a huge number of people, whereas before it was just random, on, and it never really took off as, like, a movement. Well, it was, like, executives making a decision about what, like, people would be into. Yeah, some of it does seem forced. Like, I saw Chris Hardwick on some Nerdist thing. He was trying to revive the Muppets. It, they already brought the Muppets, didn't they? Sort of, but I don't think it really hit culturally like they wanted it to. I think it hit about as much as it could have. <laughs> they got one deep movie out of it, and then they tried to milk it for another movie. It was pretty terrible. Yeah, you, you can't necessarily always manufacture the the nostalgia because, I don't know, it's just isn't right, it doesn't hold up, whatever. I'd like to restart Polly Shore. Can we get Polly Shore back on the scene? I miss that guy. I loved uh, Biodome. He's still touring. I like Biodome and I loved Son in Law. And all of his other movies were relatively watchable. I mean he's basically the same as that Hey Vern guy, right? I mean, because he just makes idiotic movies and he just plays himself. But I was always a big fan of Pauly Shore because he never took himself too seriously. I would say they hold up way better than Adam Sandler movies, for sure. Uh, you know, I think you're right, but I would say Pauly Shore movies probably have more of a cult following, whereas Adam Sandler was more mainstream. And I never really latched on to any of the Adam Sandler movies myself. I'm with you on that. Adam Sandler had a period where he did a couple of uh, serious movies and they actually hold up. I never even saw Paul those. Paul is still touring, and he came to Kalamazoo last year. He made the showrunner very upset with him. 
because apparently he's kind of a dick. Oh. His show on Netflix is uh, it's really, really good. There's a Pauly Shore show on Netflix? Oh, I was talking about uh, Adam Sandler's new show on Netflix. I would love to see anything new that Pauly Shore is putting out. I don't even know of anything. I think he has a podcast, because I think I saw him on Rogan or something promoting his podcast. And he sort of tries to be like, um, let me think of a good example. Like, William Shatner is able to pull off, like, he was sort of a a dick and cheesy when he was young, but now he's sort of deep and contemplative in a way. And You heard that Folds album, too. Shatner did that album with Ben Folds. Oh, the Common People song. I remember I liked that one. The Ben yeah. Folds. Uh, yeah, that whole album was actually really good, which is amazing because of how incredibly terrible the stuff that he did in, like, 1970 was. And, and then they had, like, the JCVD, John Claude Van Damme, where he's sort of, he's old, and it's like a commentary on, like, his image. And, like, I, I don't know. Paulie Shore tried to sort of do that, I think, with the podcast, but he, he can't pull off the wise contemplation. Like, he, he's not smart enough to do that. So it just falls just totally flat. Just imagine climbing a mountain to meet a wise man, and it's Paulie Shore at the top. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, for what he was at the time, definitely lowbrow, cheesy movies, yeah. I, th- I think they hold up pretty well. But yeah, he can't be the wise old man. Like, he, he, that's not him. You, you get to the top of the mountain and he's like, oh, it looks like you found the weasel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to get any good advice, am I? 